Hello, this is Bill Lytell, Wisdom for Your Walk again. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about healing, healing in the Bible. Let me take you to Mark chapter, oh, let's say, hmm, chapter 9. Let's go to Mark chapter 9 in the Bible and uh, talk about uh, a young boy that had an unclean spirit. Mark 9, 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with him, and straightway all the people, when they had beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him, saying, he asked the scribes, and, and so he asked the scribes, what question ye, what question ye with him? And one of the multitude answered, said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth his teeth, he pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, when that is the young boy saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. We'd call that today probably an epileptic fit. And he asked his father, how long ago, how long is it ago since this came into him? He said, of a child. Now that word child means a small child, three, four years old. And all times they'd cast him into the fire and into the water, destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said unto with tears, and I love this statement, I use it often, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I've gone to God many times with that statement. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou, deaf, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him, enter no more into him. The spirit cried and ran him sore and came out of him. And he was as one as dead, and so much that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And so what I want to make a point of, I guess, is, uh, and it's just a short point, but I think a very necessary point. It took a while for me to get it. When I, when I did a study on the New Testament, especially the Gospels, uh, I found, and this is a verified number, by the way, uh, it's verified in a book called The Work, Words and Works of Jesus Christ by Dwight Pentecost. That's a good book to get, by the way, The Words and Works of Jesus Christ by Dwight Pentecost, probably one of the best ones in the Gospel. And so... There are 34 recorded miracles in the Gospels, 34 recorded miracles. Now, from reading the Gospels, you may say there's a lot more than that. Well, there actually are many, 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 many more miracles recorded by Jesus. Jesus did thousands, tens of thousands, who knows, maybe 100,000 miracles. The Bible says he went from village to village, sometimes healing everybody in the village, sometimes casting out all the demons, but it doesn't record but 34 of those miracles. And the Bible is what I call a need-to-know book. You have in the Bible not everything Jesus did, but what you need to know about what he did, and specifically what we spiritually need to know to make it this side of heaven as born-again Christians. 
What we see in those 34 miracles is about 25% of them were involved demon uh, influence, obsession, or possession. Call it what you want. In other words, Jesus dealt with healing these people by dealing with the demonic forces. He did not deal with just, uh, in the case of the blind man, where he made clay and, and probably put new eyes in the old boy and gave him new eyes so that he could see. That was dealing with the physiological problem of the boy, of the man, uh, the, the lame man. I mean, where in many cases where he would straighten her arms out, uh, there was no spirit indicated there. He just physiologically changed the man to where he could walk or uh, he had straightened arms or things like that. But once in a while, Jesus, 25%, I want you to remember that number, 25% of the people that were healed in the New Testament were healed due to demonic oppression, obsession, or possession. Call it what you want. And so what, what bothers me today is, in the New Testament church, independent fundamental Bible-believing church, is that we almost never talk about that. It's always a phys physical problem. It's always uh, where the 75% of these miracles fall, into a physiological realm. And we almost do not speak about the spiritual oppression, obsession, or possession that Jesus dealt with. Now let me ask you a question. Um, have times gotten better since Jesus walked down the earth almost 2,000 years ago? The answer is no. I don't think we're better. In fact, the Bible says in the end times, things are going to get wax worse and worse, right? They're going to get hard. Uh, perilous times shall come. So I could say safely and biblically that times in 2020 are worse uh, as far as not new sin of any kind, no, but degrees of sin, more of them, more intense than they were when Jesus walked the earth uh, in his time, almost, like I say, almost 2,000 years ago. So if that be the case, and back then 25% of all the miracles that recorded that Jesus did had some spiritual oppression, obsession, or possession, uh, then what do you think the percent is today? What do you think? Surely, surely it's at least 25%. But I have to believe it's more. I have to believe a lot of the things that, we're, uh, that, that people suffer now are, are due to demonic influences, like I mentioned, uh, one way or another. But yet, born-again, fundamental Bible believers, King James Bible believers, rarely do you hear them talk about it. Uh, why is that? I believe we need to get back to dealing uh, with the problem of spiritual oppression, obsession, or possession, and and hit it square square in the face, head to head. Uh, some of the people in your church and some of the people that you've known are, are not uh, manic depressive; they are demonically oppressed or influenced or possessed, and they have either given themselves over to it through maybe a movie, video game. I don't believe a demon can come in and possess anybody against his will. It seems like there has to be a door opened uh, by the individual, and at least as an adult, uh, hitting that computer button is opening a door. When you hit that computer to a porn site, you say yes to the devil. 
uh, when you hit that open switcher that, that to some wicked thing on your computer, you basically said yes to the devil. So when you open your spirit to the devil, then he has a permission by you to come in uh, and either Im impress you, obsess you, or even possess you. You say, now, can born-again Christians be possessed? Look, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going through that. But I can guarantee you this. They can be oppressed, and they can be impressed and influenced by the wicked one deeply. And so I think a lot of things that we see today, I'm talking in the local church, are spirit-based problems. People have opened themselves up to wickedness by their TV set, by their computer, uh, by their cell phone. All I can give you is this. Let me give you a heads up. Let me give you a warning. Do not open up anything without understanding the consequences of what you're doing. That you may open a Pandora's box of spiritual torment. That's what I said, of spiritual torment. That you said yes to the devil, he gets permission, he comes in and torments you uh, over and over. And, and to get to overcome that, you got you got to get serious spiritually with God. First of all, you got to recognize it, you got to repent of it, and you may have to seek God over a period of time in prayer before He will release you from it. And if I may say to top it all off, you have to believe. So this is why I'm bringing this up. If you don't believe that there's any spiritual, that there's any sicknesses caused by spiritual problems, then you're never going to be able to overcome them because you're not going to believe. And if you don't believe, you can't do anything. So you believe, you realize it's a spiritual situation. You go to God and ask God to forgive you of the sin that allowed that to happen. And then you repent of it, turn from it, quit, obviously quit doing what, what caused the thing to happen. And then begin to uh, uh, humble yourself to God, seek his face, and pray. Obviously, turn from your wicked ways. The Bible said, oh, hear your prayer, forgive your sin, heal your land. That's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. So I hope that helps. I believe that's what we see today. And we're in an area, uh, maybe getting worse and worse, of spiritual oppression, uh, impression, or possibly possession all around us. Um, I don't think there's a demon under every rock. I don't look at a demon around every corner. I don't think you ought to think about it. I don't think you ought to be obsessed with it. I don't think you ought to talk about it a lot. I just think you ought to understand that out of the miracles Jesus did, 25% of them were directly tied to demons. And we have power over them by the grace of God under the Holy Spirit's power under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may God cleanse you, help you, protect you, hedge about you. This is Bill Lytell, Wisdom for Your Walk, Gospel Baptist Church.